Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by hashtag basketball.com, your home for the very best fantasy tools and analysis on the entirety of the internet. Go check them out, hashtag basketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? Michael, I mean, this team... This may be the deepest team in the NBA. Is that fair? Ooh, a hot, hot take off the uh, right off the bat. Um, I'm looking at the roster. I'm looking at this. Is we're doing our 30 teams in 30 days. We might not get through all 30 teams, to be honest. Um, because I'm taking a little vacation. But we're gonna we'll get we'll get to all the 30 teams. That's why it's 30 teams in over 30 days. And so far, we've done the majority of the teams. And I'm looking through this team's roster for next season and like some of their worst players are like good players like nick batum luke Kennard, marcus they have 11 what i would consider like good rotation players and amir coffee might be on the cusp of that yeah amir coffee might be actually decent so i mean they might not play any minute i'm assuming he's not really i mean they have 11 guys that i would think are better than him which is crazy like this so is a crazy deep team. Yeah, if you haven't realized who we're talking about, we're talking about the Clippers. And we're talking about the... Who would have guessed? Who had money on Amir Coffee being the first player mentioned in this podcast episode? Somebody did. Someone knows our esoteric-ass fucking uh, ways. And we, they knew we were going to be talking about Amir Coffee at some point. Uh, might as well be first. Uh, you, you know, zig when, when they expect you to zag. That's the, that's the idea, Tyler. And, man, the Clippers, you know... Due to injury, kind of t- took a backseat last year, but still made it an interesting season. Now, allegedly, allegedly, Kawhi Leonard is back. Paul George is healthy, as healthy as Paul George usually is. And they've surrounded themselves with really good players like Norman Powell, Robert Covington, you know, good Reggie Jackson. John Wall is in the mix. Nick Batum is, re- is still relevant. There's a lot of really good NBA players on this team. There's not as many good fantasy players on this team as there are NBA players, but there's still some. So, I mean, let's just start out with the guy who I have at the top of my list as a Clipper. I have Kawhi Leonard at the top of my list. Yeah, and I think Kawhi Leonard should probably pick somewhere around that turn range, right? Like, if you want to say that's as high as, like, you know eight or nine or 10 all the way down to like, you know, probably 14 or 15. Like Kawhi Leonard belongs in that group somewhere. He's talented enough to be considered a first round pick. He is injury prone enough for you to pause, but I've seen Kawhi Leonard uh, falling well into the second round. I think that's, it's a, it represents a value. Now you have to know what you're buying, right? Like how many games is Kawhi Leonard really going to play coming off a torn ACL? 50, 60, not probably not playing back-to-backs. Yeah, and I mean there's anybody Leonard, else. And that's fair, right? But Kawhi Leonard's notorious for kind of taking a little bit of extra time. Um Let's just say this, right? I mean the last 3 years, save for that year where he only played 9 games in San Antonio, Right? The three years after that, 60, 57, 52. 
like, can you really count on Kawhi Leonard for any more than 60 games? I would say the answer to that question is no for me. Yeah, and I but think that's why a lot of people are games, right. Well, I think that's why a lot of people are avoiding him in that se- in, in, into the into the second round. And that's fair. I mean, if that's what you want to do, um, give me the elite games though. At some point, right? Like, if we're talking about you know against those upper echelon guys, like I'd I'd rather have them. But if we're talking about against. Oh, let's say let's just go Kawhi Leonard against LeBron. And like how many games are you really projecting for LeBron? Not mm-hmm. the same, right? Yeah. So don't, don't more, you just want the player that's not? Don't you just want the player that's better in that scenario? Like for me, I do. So it's whoever I think is the better fantasy player in that scenario, right? Yeah, I think this um, is a good like this is a good kind of like risk reward type of discussion where you're kinda of like Kawhi Leonard per game is like a top eight guy, right? Um, I'm looking back two seasons ago, uh, eight cat totals. He only played 52 games two seasons ago. Kawhi Leonard was ended up the 19th ranked player in the league in totals, even though he only played 52 games. Um, those per game averages make a huge difference, especially in Roto. But even though games played is going to be down, his games played are going to be lower than that. And I think this is why we're seeing a lot of him falling into the second round. We talk about this a lot. There's a lot of third-round players. Some of them have to go in the second round. So I think a lot of people are saying, I know my first round, the, the people I'm willing to take risks on or the guys who are like absolutely elite, and then I have my second-round players that I know are 100% my second-round players I'd rather have them than take the risk on Kawhi, and then Kawhi ends up going in the middle of the second round to the end of the second round because that's when people go, would I rather have an injured, a semi-injured Kawhi or a third-round player? And I think that's the right place to take him. If he's falling to you in the second round, in the middle of the second round, that's the right place to grab him. I don't know if I'm willing to take a first-round pick on this guy. All right, well, let's just throw it on the table here. You got LaMelo Ball or Kawhi Leonard? Ugh. Always, it always starts out it's tough. Why do you always start it tough out? I think I'd rather... Well, surprisingly have... to you, Michael, I, I actually know the value of most of these players, so it's pretty easy to... I know, it's really annoying. Make them yeah. difficult. It's super annoying that you have got your shit together and are trying to, you know, be a good fancy basketball analyst, and I'm just uh, throwing darts <laughs> at, a, at, a, at a computer monitor, which is uh, really bad for the community computer monitor i probably would rather have a mellow ball that's fair i think i'd rather have Kawhi leonard and i think it's kind of a personal preference choice in what you want um and that right there is probably in the middle of second round like somewhere around pick 15 so it's probably early yeah early Um, second round middle second round i'd rather have i will say this if you have him above Paul George, I don't see how you don't have Kawhi in the beginning of your second round in a 12-team league. Because I think Paul George should be right uh, right where LaMelo Ball is, right? Oh, yeah, let's, in let's the top talk 15, about Paul George, right? right? So, if, they're, so if, if you have him ahead of Kawhi, though, you should have Kawhi in your top 15. I think Paul George and LaMelo are both top 15 players. It, wow, so you're very high on Paul George. I think I have Paul George at the end of my second round, but Paul George is also incredibly stellar. Um, carried the team a little bit last season. 
you're you're getting insane numbers from him, though. Like Kawhi and Paul George are doing very similar things. Kawhi's just far more efficient uh, in the way that he does it. Uh, Paul George I don't know, hit, though. Hit, hit you more threes. The year that we saw, now we could talk about Paul George being a pretty big injury risk too, right? Because his games played are, in the last three years are actually worse than Kawhi's in some ways. Yes. Right? 48, 54, 31. But we saw in the year where they played together that Paul George was outstanding. The only thing he didn't have was the crazy steal numbers, which he got back last year. Now, some of that I think was a little bit fluky, right? So if those steal numbers are going to come back closer to two, you're talking about an elite player. Now, how many games played is he going to? That's another question, right? But again, at some point, I think we're talking about, you know, do I want Paul George or Devin Booker? Do I want Paul George or Jimmy Butler? Like, do you feel any better about Jimmy Butler playing, you know, 55 games than you do Paul George? No, not really. Right, and so... I think at some point, right, you just want the highest per-game ranked player. And I think in per-game value, Paul George is going to be elite. I mean, he was 11th last year. He was right on par with that the year before if you say he gets one and a half steals, which he didn't do. But he has for basically every other year of his career gotten elite steals. Yeah, and I think we do occasionally see, like, steals are very weird. We see these occasional outlier seasons where they're either way too high or way too low. And everything kind of reverts back to the mean. Luckily, the mean is much higher for Paul George than he had last uh, time they played together. And uh, that's what happened, right? Both of these guys are super elite players. You could consider both of them on the turn. I think with their injury risk and their health risk and the fact that in order to like manage the two of them uh, throughout the year for a playoff run, you will see them sitting back-to-back, sitting different games. Though, if they're not, if they're sitting different games the other one has to carry the team during the game that that guy's playing so that's actually a benefit to your per game value right so you know i like i I do like both of these guys if they fall to me in the second round i like i like them and i like taking them in the second round i don't know if i like taking it if i if i like picking either one of them on the turn due to their injury risk and this is maybe another debate for another time i think the turn and this is why i have jason tatum 11th I feel pretty good about Jason Tatum playing a lot of games. From that point yes. down, it's either I think you're probably more of a third-round player or your game's played ceiling is probably 60 games. That's fair. Right? And so I would argue maybe there's nobody I really, really want on the turn because I'm going to have to say, oh, I'm going to have to look the other way on your game's played. I'm going to have to look the other way on your maybe not as elite per game production, but I'm hoping to get 75 games from it. And that's why on that turn, I maybe don't want like LeBron and Kawhi. I maybe want like LeBron and LaMelo, right? Because maybe I feel a little bit better about LaMelo playing like 70, 75 games. Or maybe I want like LeBron and Tyrese Halliburton or Kawhi and Tyrese Halliburton because I feel good about Halliburton playing, you know, 70 games. Yeah, I feel uh, like you can get like a Tatum Halliburton. This is what this is what scares me, right? This is what I'd rather do. I'd rather have like a Giannis and then come back and get Kawhi in the middle of the second round versus having to go um you know Kyrie and 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 Kawhi. I don't want Kyrie in the, the anywhere near the turn cuz I just don't trust him. But like I don't want two guys I don't trust or have to be like, "Oh, 
should I pick Kawhi here? Like, he's the best player on the board. I'd rather get, like, the value in the middle of the second round. Yeah, and I think that's why, for me, the sweet spot to kind of pick is somewhere in that, like, four to six or seven range. Yeah, I actually, I'm really liking that six, uh, six to seven, six to eight range. The more I, uh, the more I do mock drafts, the more I think about it, because I think there's a lot of dis- uh, discrepancy in the first round too. Some people have, you know, Giannis number two. Some people are like, "Are you insane? Kevin Durant should be number two. Some people are like, "Yo, Steph Curry. You guys remember Steph Curry?" So there's a lot of, there's no consensus number two, no consensus number three, four, five. Um, and that means like by the time you get to six or seven, some guy like Steph Curry or James Harden might just be still sitting there and you're getting a guy who theoretically could finish second or third or maybe, maybe even first, uh, though I don't think that's going to happen, uh, falling to you at the six or seven spot. And then you come back around and you probably get your pick of Paul George or Kawhi and you're looking at two first round players with your two first picks. I'm with you there. I like that spot, and I like that spot for both Kawhi, um, Paul George. I mean, they are the risk that you think they are, right? I don't know how else to say that. Um, Kawhi and Paul George are risks. They are health risks. They are games played risks. And you should know that by now. They're as well-established as risks, but their game speaks for themselves, like, very, very elite across the board. Um, Guys, you can easily... Um, construct a team around and you're getting them at a second round value that's really nice let's look at the rest of this team though um, let's pour one out beautiful Bob Covington uh, a a once highly touted watching the boxes regularly let me ask you this and I, you say I don't this. know if he's got it anymore my guy but let me ask you this okay okay now, the minutes dropped when he played for the Clippers, but they were arguably better numbers. We'll talk about that in a second. But this is the Fair. question. Where did Robert Covington finish in per-game value? Now, he played 71 games, so I'm guessing his total value was even a little bit higher. I have not looked that up. But this is per-game value last season. This is why, you know, we always like and respect Robert Covington. Uh, old beautiful Bob just gets all those outlier stats he gets those blocks he gets the steals he's a he's a he's a one and a half one and a half one and a half guy like he's not a one 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 guy um i want to say he finished though usually he finishes in like the top 50 and you get him well outside the top 50 i feel like he finished closer to 75 last year 69 oh 69th in 27 minutes a game now his playing time dropped to 22 minutes when he joined the clippers in 27, in 27 minutes a game, that's nice. That said, in 22 minutes, he actually averaged more points, about the same rebounds, about the same steals, and about the same blocks as he did when he was in Portland. So now you could say, okay, it was only 23 games. Maybe those were outliers. The problem, and this is why I think there's actually going to be a great value on Robert Covington, and I think I'm going to have him on quite a few teams, is here are the wings for the L.A. Clippers this season. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Norman Powell, Marcus Morris Sr., Luke Kennard, Nick Batum, Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey, and Robert Covington. That makes no mention of Reggie Jackson and John Wall, and Avika Zubach, who are all three going to be in the rotation but are not wings. So how many minutes is Bob really going to play? 
That's the question. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that to me is going to be the crux of his um, his value, right? And it's hard to suss out from last season uh, with no Kawhi if if Robert Covington is going to see twenty seven minutes a game like he did last season. But is I want to, I, I want to, but I want to err on the side of Robert Covington should be out on the floor. He's a crunch, he's your crunch time five. He is he can play the four three two. George can play the four three two. Kawhi Leonard can play the four three two. Yeah, but so can Norman Powell. And, and... You know what I mean? It's gonna be. My wager is the best case scenario. It is twenty seven, twenty eight. It is it more like twenty five, twenty four? Probably, but even what does that mean? Still, for he's he's got to be close to a top seventy five player, even in like twenty four minutes. I think. I think he's going to be a top 100 player even in, in those kind of limited minutes because of the blocks and the steals. And he's a player you, a lot of people don't want to take because, once again, they look eight points, eight points a game, seven points a game, nine points a game, fuck that. 41% shooting, fuck that. It's 41% shooting on seven shots. It's not terribly detrimental. And he's going to boost you so much in blocks and steals on a per game value basis i easily easily think you're going to get this guy outside of the top 75 top 80 maybe even lower i might you might even see him fall into the you know past the 100s and i think he's a must grab after after 100 for sure yeah, and I think the the glut of wings is only going to make that worse in most drafters' mind. Is they're going to get anxious that he's not going to be able to produce. And honestly, like a limited role might be better for him because I feel like he can kind of just go out there and go crazy on the defensive end, and that's really where he's getting you the best stats. Yeah, because like his value is not coming from that eight points, right? Like hopefully he can still keep up the threes. Like he's going to come in and just shoot threes. He's not going to do much else. Um, so. Robert Covington has kind of fallen off from a you know beautiful fantasy darling, but now he might be a little too overlooked once again um, as a top 100 player going outside of the top 100. Um, I I don't I don't know. I I think I will have a lot of Robert Covington in leagues where I uh, we'd like to do this. We when we do our drafts, we'd like to do like get your points, get your points in, get as many points as possible up at the top, get those elite point guys. Because that way you can slide a guy like Robert Covington in to your system and pick up almost a steal and a half and a block and a half every single game. It's going to win you some weeks. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's all a math equation in some ways, and I won't get too deep into to how I figure this out or, or why I figure it out this way. But, you know, for me, like, I'm looking for that, you know, 0.8 to a steal a game for every one of my spots. And... You know, when you got a guy like Robert Covington getting you, you know, one and a half, that's a big boost, right? That's almost two players if you're looking for 0.8 um, per spot in a league, especially a deeper league. Like, 0.8 is really, really good. Yeah, especially in a deeper league. Let's talk about Zubac. Um, I think easily the starting center last season played 24 minutes. That's it. 24 minutes a game. Uh, in those 24 minutes, though, 10 points, eight and a half rebounds, and a block a game. Half a steal is not great. Uh, one and a half assists is pretty bad. What 
shot 73% from the line from as a center is pretty casey pretty nice is zubac like prepped for a season where he's averaging more like 28 29 30 minutes a game no because they're going to play all these wings, and they're going to play Batum as a weird five, and uh, maybe even Kawhi as a weird five, and, you know, Robert Covington as a five. And I think but I think we've seen the last couple of years exactly what Zubac is. Like, two straight years, Zubac is pretty much what he is. He's going to be, like, you know, nine or ten points, like eight rebounds, and a block. Just like a top 120 player. You know, he's 107th last year in per-game value. Assume he plays a lot of games. Like, he's fine. He's... Maybe in the top 100 in totals, probably a little bit outside that in per game. If you pick them around 100, you're not getting a steal by any means, but it's fine. Yeah, you get yourself a very solid and center. Here's the other and thing. I, There's not going to be any centers available really at that range, so he could actually get pushed up way higher than I want to take him, which is probably going to be the case. Like He's probably going to be like pick 85, and I'm not really going to want him because he's like yes. around 100. And that is exactly where I was going is that I think – one, whether you're in the camp of, well, this guy's 25 and the Clippers are really good. He's going to play more. He's going to play more minutes. Even if he does play a few more minutes, there's not a ton to like here. He just goes from like a guy who's a fringe hunter, you know, like in that 80 100 range to a guy who's like in the 70 90 range. He's not, the, the... They don't play like they don't play around this guy. He's just there doing stuff. So, the... and that stuff Positive. that he does is pretty average the positive if you want to look at it this way he's the only center true center on this roster like marcus morris like i said like a lot of guys are going to play some five but he's the only center on this roster so when they match up against like a bigger team he might be a perfect kind of like streamer or you know throwing in your roto league because like he's gonna play more minutes yeah see i think that's the issue is that i don't think you're gonna be he's not gonna be living on a lot of waiver wires i think he's gonna be living in a place where people are really disappointed because they spent a kind of a high draft pick on him and uh, aren't really getting their money's worth, but I don't know though. Like if if you pick him at eighty and he gives you ten, yeah. eight and a half, and a block, are you really that mad? You, you knew I mean, what you, you were pay, buying. You got to pay for what you got to pay for. That is in the plateau region, so it's not really that crazy to to spend that, that high of a pick on him. You're getting the block and the rebounds, right? Good for you. Um, he's a solid. He's a, is a solid center. It's just that, like. The lack of centers, there's going to be a run on centers, and then people are going to look around, and they're going to go, oh, there's like only like two centers left. And then that, that those two centers you're looking at, someone else is going to take the one that's actually good, and it's going to be, you're going to be left with Zubac, and you're going to be like, ah, fuck, I got to take Zubac. Yeah, because after don't, Zubac don't, is, the, is the not on a team yet, but will be soon, Hassan Whiteside tier, right, of like, Oh God, he's gonna play. Andre Drummond is gonna be in it, right? He's gonna play like 15 yes. minutes a game and get you like a block and a steal or something, but like nothing else. Yeah, this is the like. I guess I have to do this here. Like Zubac is a guy. I'm like, okay, fine. Everyone after that is the um. Fuck. I guess I, I gotta I gotta pick this center, and that's where my rebounds are coming from. I Crazily enough, a lot of times I don't do that, and we can maybe talk about that in a draft strategy uh, issue of this podcast. I absolutely think we should. Um, but I will tell you how I try to make up for it, and it usually works out relatively well for me. Oh, this is a little preview. I like, I like this. I like this, Tyler. You're giving the giving the people something to chew on. 
speaking of chewing on things, how am I going to transition this? Uh, John Wall is chewing on... Are we going to talk about Karam Butler? Hundreds of millions of dollars. So, no, go ahead. What? All right, so I thought maybe we were going to talk about Karam Butler. Didn't he see the one who used to always chew on the straws during the game? Oh, yeah, that's right. Grab out Karam Butler. Shout out Karam Butler if you're listening. Uh, no, I was going to say, John Wall, who's making chewing on a lot of uh, cash he's made in his career, um, has basically stated, like, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna be a factor on this team. I'm going to be playing. I'm going to be a part of the Clippers' you know, season. What do you... What do you pull from that? John Wall is old. He's not played in a long time. Uh, is he really that him. old? I mean, he's thirty-two. He's old in NBA years. He's a kid. I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, John Wall was good the last time we saw him, especially for fantasy. We talk yes. about did he impact winning? That might be a different story. Um, uh, very different story. But John Wall was like, oh shit! John Wall still got it. That's John Wall. Now, this was, mind you, this was basically, he didn't play at all last year. He only played 40 games the year before that, so it's been a while. Houston, right? Uh, Yes, but he still had the quickness, despite the heel and the Achilles and all the injuries, right, to get past his defender. Yes, Even some of the better defenders in the league, Um, which is a a John Wall thing we saw for years, right? But we weren't sure we were going to see it again. We did see it. That was two years ago. On this team, though, like, what are we asking of John Wall? Let's start with that. Like, are well, we asking John Wall to get 15 a game? Are we asking John Wall to get no. 10 a game? But like, wager you're asking John Wall to facilitate, right? You're asking him which to. Which he's off- good at. Yes, he's very good at. Come off those pick and rolls, facilitate, and then score when it's easy. Don't be, you don't have to be the leading scorer. You don't have to carry the team, though. That is John Wall's game, right? So, how this all mixes up with each other. Uh, I actually I, 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 I think, find that interesting. I think this is going to go two ways in two different types of leagues. Okay. In the leagues where people watch some basketball, but they don't really follow very closely. Yes. Is that fair? Um, they're going to hurt. They'll have heard of John Wall. Casual. So he will go. Yes, he will go probably a good bit too high. In the leagues where it's mostly smart people, I think John Wall's probably going to go too low, right? Like, like the Sharps, they're all going to be down on Wall, and he's going to go too low. Yes. I think they're going to go, why, why am I caring about John Wall? He's still not that good. And last, like, I'm going to go look. Last time John Wall played meaningful minutes, he played 32 minutes a game, and on average, he was 95th overall, mostly drugged down by his 40% shooting. Uh, which he's not going to be asked to shoot at volume. And he was scoring 20 points a game, seven assists a game, over a steal, almost a block. Those are pretty nice numbers. So I do think John Wall is definitely going to go outside your top 100 uh, unless you're like in a very casual league where the name recognition alone will be like, oh, I know that guy. Or, you know, depending on if the, the you know, the sites that where you do your drafting have him in, in the wrong place, he's visible on your screen, um, then I think you're going to see a lot, a lot more John Wall taken. But, like, other than that, right, I don't see why anyone is taking him in the top 100. And I don't think they should either. 
I'm a little questionable on his playing time. I'm a little questionable on his role on this team. Um, they don't need him as much as, you know, the Houston was just letting him run, right? So John Wall, overall, I, I don't know. I don't want him inside my top 100. But after top 100, near, closer to 120, sure, why not? Get those assists. Get those steals. The same thing is going to apply for Reggie Jackson and, and Norman Powell, right? They're going to be sharing a lot more minutes than they're used to. But at least Norman Powell is, like, fantasy relevant. Uh, I do think Norman Powell should be drafted in redraft leagues. Um, I would take a flyer on, on John Wall. I have never been a big Reggie Jackson fan, so I'm not taking any flyers on uh, Reggie Jackson. I'm just not. It's not for me. But Norman Powell, yes. I think he's going to be closer to a top 100 player, probably in that 100 range, right? Even at limited minutes, he does come in. He does some nice things like score, hit threes, shoot good percentages, but he doesn't do a whole lot else. So if those minutes are limited, he, he he's likely going to be in that 100 range, maybe even a 120, and that's going to be playing paying like regular price for him. So I'd rather just pay the regular price for him, like if that's like a, if I just need some scoring, like I need some threes and some scoring, and I don't want my percentages to hurt. And this is a great guy to just throw on the team, throw on the bench. Uh, I think that's perfectly fine. But, uh, yeah, John Wall is more like a flyer. Reggie Jackson, I do not want to take a flyer on him. Nick Batum, we've we talked about him in the past, right? Like, he's just not going to play enough minutes, not do enough things. If suddenly he's playing, like, 32 minutes, cool, great, fantastic. But this team is so, so deep, like we've said in the past, so incredibly deep. That, while if somebody suddenly gets 30 minutes, they're going to be actually good fantasy-wise, but they're so deep that none of them need to play 30 minutes other than Kawhi and Paul George who are going to play limited amount of games totals. So I think that's it for the Clippers. If you like the show, please rate, review us, or check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash watchingtheboxes, or hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at watchtheboxes. You can find Tyler at Tyler P. Watts. Um, please follow us on Twitter. Hit us up. Ask us questions. If there's stuff you want to hear on the show, let us know. We're starting to get closer and closer to the season, closer to our rankings. Uh, but we got a mock draft uh, that I did with some of the other fantasy basketball analysts out there up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. And it is free. It's for free. Our rankings, our tiers, um, they're going to be up on that site for free as well. So go check that out. Appreciate you listening, and we will see you next time.